The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to Psalm number 19, we'll look down to verse number 4 and pick up with our exposition concerning the skies, the scriptures, and the soul after a word of prayer. Father, it is in Jesus' name that I come now and I ask for your help and touch to preach the word of the Lord today, I pray. And for the glory of God, would you save some poor sinner even today? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalm 19, verse 4, and look at the last sentence in this verse. In them, or in the heavens, in them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. We described the heavens in their declaration our last time together. We contemplate together now the designation for the heavens. They are appointed by the Lord to be a tabernacle, a dwelling place for the sun. The sun has its home in the heavens. Now we find, according to Genesis 1.16, in them or in the heavens, during the day the sun was made to rule. So in verse 4, in them hath God set a tabernacle for the sun. Notice then the radiance of the sun. In verse 5, it is as a bridegroom. Notice the word as. We're looking here at metaphors, symbolic words with meaning, equating the properties 
of a bridegroom, equating the properties of a strong man to that of the sun. The bridegroom, the strong man, give us the splendor and the strength of the sun in all of its radiance. A bridegroom will come from his chamber in the morning after a night of rest, arrayed in his garments of glory and majesty. He presents a good likeness for the sun, for after a long night he comes out of his chamber shining brightly with life in a most glorious way. The strong man who rejoices to run a race, he's bright, he's cheerful, and he longs. As he waits for the beginning of the race, he's both powerful and prepared to extend himself to the limit and exert his full strength in order to ensure victory. He, too, is a good picture of the sun, powerful in its radiance, able to blind, melt, drive away darkness, and warm cold places. The sun is always prepared with plenty of light and strength for its journey. The radiance of the sun. But then the rising of the sun. In verse 6, his going forth is from the end of the heaven. Look to the end. Look to the east and see the sun rise. But then the revolution of the sun, his circuit unto the ends of it. The sun rises in the east. It sets in the west the circuit, the course, the revolution is from one end of the heavens unto the other. But then the reach of the sun, there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. There is the possibility of hiding from the light of the sun, but not the heat of the sun. The heat, which is the effect of the light, penetrates into the ground, into the surfaces of our roofs, our walls, our houses, our vehicles, it warms us through the layers of clothing which we wear. The heat of the sun is inescapable, inexhaustible. It cannot simply be put out like a fire. Its heat is warm. Its heat is welcome. And its heat is a witness to the glory of God. Yes, the skies, the stars, the moon, and the sun, which we just looked at together, all testify to the glory of of the Lord. But now we move from God's witness, the testimony of nature and creation, to God's Word, and we see the testimony of Scripture and inspiration. In verses 7, 8, and 9, God's Word is wonderful. In verses 10 and 11, God's Word is worthy. Notice in verse 7, the law of the Lord. We notice the origin of the scriptures, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. Yes, the origin of the scriptures is the Lord himself. But then we see the operation of the scriptures as we find that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony makes wise the simple. The statutes are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And so we see the scriptures in their titles, 
in their attributes, in their ability. So the scriptures in its title, law, a divine rule is involved. Testimony, a divine record is involved. Statutes, divine requirements are involved. Commandment, a divine regulation is involved. Fear, a divine reverence is involved. Judgments, those divine resolutions are involved. Yes, the titles of God's Word. But the attributes, it is perfect, it is sure, it is right, it is pure, it is clean, it is true and righteous. To be perfect is to be complete and entire, without blemish or spot. To be sure is to be firm and faithful, true and certain. To be right is to be straight and upright. To be pure is to be beloved, choice, clear, polished, and bright. To be clean is to be fair, uncontaminated, and holy. To be true and righteous is to be stable, trustworthy, just, and right. Then the abilities of the Word of God, converting the soul. It turns the soul back to God, delivers the soul by way of redemption, by way of recovery, refreshment, relief, restoration, and rescue. It makes wise the simple. It teaches wisdom to the silly man that he may deal wisely in word and in deed. On converting the soul, look up 1 Peter 1, 23. On making wise the simple, look up 2 Timothy 3, verse 15. Rejoicing the heart, it brightens. It cheers up the heart and leaves it joyful. Compare with Psalm 119, 162, Jeremiah 15, verse 16. On enlightening the eyes, look up Psalm 119, 130. Yes, this wonderful book gives light to the eye, leaving it with a spiritual vision. It endures forever. It's perpetual, settled forever in heaven, stands forevermore, and is permanent. As permanent as God is, it is eternal. Psalm 119, 89, Isaiah 40, and verse number 8. But then it is all together, he says. So the scriptures harmonize with themselves. It never disagrees with itself. It always agrees. See Second Peter 1, verses 19 through 21, and Second Timothy 2, verse 15. If we'll just study and rightly divide the word of truth, we will see the holy harmony of the holy scriptures. But then not only is God's word wonderful, but God's word is worthy. In verses 10 and 11, we find the worth of the scriptures. It's worth finding. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. As one would desire gold, yea, fine gold, the Bible is a precious treasure. It's worth tasting, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. It's worth listening to. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. It's worth keeping, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Now the scriptures outdo the heavens. They outshine the sun in their declaration and manifestation of God's glory. But then we come to the application, verses 12 through 14. We see God's workman and his problem. Who can understand his errors? Verse number 12. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. The perception and even the presence of his sin can be hidden from him. 
And so this leads him to his prayer. Verse 13, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. His prayer in so many words is, Lord, prevent me. Keep me back. Lord, preserve me. Let not mine iniquities, my sins have dominion over me. Lord, perfect me. Then shall I be upright. Complete me, Lord. Make me innocent. But then a prayer. He says that I might please the Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Creation allows me to see and know there is a God. Scriptures teach me how to know this one true and living God personally. They allow me to gain an experiential knowledge through repentance and faith that God is real, that Christ is alive, and with the Holy Ghost inside me, dwelling in me, my prayer is ever Lord, keep me from sin and keep me acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So whether you're contemplating the skies, the scriptures, or the soul, see the glory of God and give him the glory due unto his name. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly, it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.